0: God God has gifts for us. If you have your outline this morning, it's called gifts from God, more than they asked for. We always have a hard time receiving from God. And I hear this a lot, and, and, and this may be not pertaining to you, but I hear people all the time talk about, how do I, how do you hear God's voice? How do you receive from God? How do you do the? And so this morning, my goal was, I want to give you something this morning that you can walk away with And take with you for the rest of your life. I believe there's the simple things in the Word of God that make the big differences in our life. I'm so thankful for our church. Is just there's such a depth of the Word of God and the the study, and we have the the leadership training and the Bible school and all these different things, but sometimes it's the simple things that help us so much just day-to-day understanding how do you receive from God? How do you hear from God? And this is what God has placed on my heart for you today was that he wants to give to you more than you're willing to ask. I read a quote by Smith Wigglesworth and he says that God is so much more willing to give than we are to ask him. Amen. And it's, it's true. And we disqualify ourselves sometimes on what, 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 what do we deserve. Have you ever asked yourself or you ever said that to God? Well, God, I just we disqualify. So many times in my own life, I have to remind myself, do not disqualify yourself. It's not based on your works. It's not based on your qualifications. It's not based on your social status. It's based on his work and what he did for us. So if you have your outline, gifts from God. God so loved the world that he gave. When you want to do something for somebody, you want to bless them, you want to give them something. You give them your time. Maybe you're giving them some of your talent. Maybe you're giving them a treasure, but you're doing something because you want to make an impact on their life. It feels so good to give. When you talk about giving, it just puts a smile on your face. When we do the shoe boxes, when we're doing something for the homeless, the backpack giveaway, There's people that have come to our church because they were so impressed. That power of giving so impacted their life that they've come to our church now and they had never come to our church before. But just the mere giving, it touches people's lives. And God wants to continue to do that through us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's James one seventeen. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. We live to give. We love to give. We live to serve. It was just awesome that video. Just Jesus just came to get right in it with us. He didn't say, come to me after you take care of yourself. I bought the lie when I was in high school that I wasn't good enough, that God didn't want anything to do with me. And and someday, this is what I would say, literally, someday I'll get my life right and I'll go to God. How backwards could I possibly be thinking? We all know the truth. It's not, we're never gonna get it right on our own. And that's what the devil wanted to continue to tell me. Someday you'll get it right. When you get older and wiser, you'll get it right. And then you can go to God. But that's the backwards, I never would have got it right. I still wouldn't get it right. I'm older and wiser and I still would never get it right. So thank God he came into my mess and said, hey, I've got a gift for you. I've got a call in your life. I placed treasures in you and I need you to use it to, so you can be a blessing to somebody else. This morning as I was just meditating and, and praying over our time together, the Lord just dropped this in my heart and I was just almost in tears. The greatest gift ever given was not found under a Christmas tree, but was hung on a dogwood tree. A dogwood cross. Our savior gave his life, the greatest gift of all. I was just like, God, you are so good. We're not going to lose the sight of the real meaning of Christmas. And I'm so thankful that my daughters and, and son, they, they, they're not afraid. They go to a public school now. And, and it's a little awkward sometimes for them because some of their kids, friends are doing other things. And, and, and they asked me, what do you think? I said, do what's in your heart to do. And so Jane wrote that all by herself. And I was just so proud of it. And they did a performance, a Christian performance, um, this, this, this right before Christmas. And their teacher's from their school, came to a church to watch them do a performance about Jesus, a candy cane performance and how that represents Jesus. And these teachers are coming that aren't Christian, that aren't, that aren't serving God. And so what a witness, what a light in darkness. Thankful this morning. So how, so how do we receive? I mean, when you think about natural gifts and you think about things, someone's giving you something, you have to, you know, they're going to, if they're going to, someone's going to hand you something, you have to take it in, you have to receive it. And so many times I think that we think that, well, God's God, God's God. He can just give me whatever he wants. I mean, he is God, right? I mean, he can do, but we have to remember God only does what he says he's going to do in his word. And so in our lives, in my life, more than ever, I've been filtering out through the word of God. It seems like when there's opportunities, the adversary also takes advantage of these moments. This is a season in my heart, I believe this, with everything in me. This is a season of promotion. This is a season of training. This is a season of increase for your life. And just as much as God wants to do those things for you, the enemy wants to do the opposite. And he will use anything he can to distract you. I've been getting calls from different people about different projects, and it's exciting. And then all of a sudden, I got a call from somebody I hadn't talked to in a while, and I never had a good feeling about this person years ago. All of a sudden, out of the blue, I get a call and leave a message. Hey, Cole, this is so-and-so. I've been thinking about such-and-such. Boom! I just feel the Holy Ghost in me saying, that's not it. Now, it always sounds enticing, but we've got to use that discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us in our day-to-day life. Sometimes we think these gifts of the Spirit and we think these, the, the, the word of God and the voice of God is only applicable when we're in church, when we're only in church 1% of the time of our life. And God wants us to use these gifts and talents and abilities and the discernment that he's placed in us 99% of the time, 100% of the time. The time that we're not in church, the time when you're in your day-to-day. And so many times we just start thinking about the Bible and Scripture when we're in church or when we're around Christians. But God, this next year, I believe, if we're sensitive, we're gonna see an explosion of faith. We're gonna see an explosion of purpose. We're gonna see an explosion of God's plan developing in your lives personally. And as a body, the result of that is corporately together, we're gonna be able to do things that we've always dreamed of doing and are actually gonna be coming to pass. We've already just taken steps towards that. But I truly believe it is the time and the season. This is that we're not growing weary. Pastor was here before I was. But for 20 years, he's never been like, you know what, let's just forget about it, settle for where we're at. You know, that's a great idea, but it's just too much work. It's going to cost too much money. And, you know, why? Why, why should we spend the time and energy? If we did, he didn't grow faith. Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in well-doing because why? In due season, you're going to reap the harvest if you don't faint. And we're going to keep fighting the good fight of faith together as a church. Amen? Amen. So, Paul said we have, uh, how do we receive, give, receive gifts from God? Jesus, how do we receive Jesus? How do we receive the word? How do we receive the gifts of the spirit? How do we receive our pastor? How do we do it? You know, sometimes it's hard to hear things you don't wanna hear. And God, he loves us. The word of God says that he chastens those he loves. So in our private time with God, if you're not getting your butt whipped every once in a while by the scripture, then you might not be listening, right? I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, you know how much he loves you. He's going to be correcting you. He's gonna be challenging you. But it's not in a condemnation. It's not in a way where he's disqualifying you. He's continuing to qualify you. And this is where we have to use the discernment and the sensitivity that God has given us because the devil can use these things just as easily to twist what God is trying to do and turn it out for something else. So this year, I feel like God is going to be an awakening of us and his spirit in us to discern the tactics of the enemy and also discern the strategies of the spirit of God and what he wants to accomplish in and through your life personally and in our church. And I'm excited about it. I mean, it is awesome. I haven't sensed this in a long time. I really i am just being honest with you. Not that I haven't felt the spirit of God. Not that there hasn't been an anointing. Not that people haven't been getting healed. Not that we haven't been reaching the lost, giving, feeding. But I'm telling you, there's something unique. God is fresh and new every day like the dew on the grass. He is not finished. He's the author and the finisher. He's the one that began a work in you, is able to perform it. He will complete what he began in you. So don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Paul said we would have many teachers, but not many fathers. I am thankful that pastor is a father in the Lord to me. I've had many teachers. I love listening to Christian, Christian podcasts and, and other faith preachers. And I, strip, I read books and I read the Bible and I talk to friends and other leaders. But I'm so thankful to have a father in the Lord. I'm so thankful for pastor and pastor Sue because they have truly been a father and a mother to me in the Lord. Now I have a great dad and, I have, and I'm not discounting any, any of these other men and, and women in my life that have been great spiritual influences and tried to keep me on the right track to, to, to sow the seed of God's goodness and, and to give me wisdom in business and all these other areas. I'm so thankful, but there's not many fathers. We have a father of the Lord in the house with us, and I'm so thankful for that, that he hasn't wavered over all these years. As I read this morning in that, in that, in that um, from our word today, our devotional, it really said it best. They gave themselves first to God and then to us, and that's a great example that I want to continue to follow. Amen pastor has proclaimed this year coming up as the year of exodus over our church god is calling us as individuals and a body to step out by faith and move into the promised land it has been clear in my heart that a season of training promotion and increase is upon us he wants us to demonstrate his love his power and his provision through us let us come boldly into the throne room of grace together to accomplish the plans that he has for our families, our church, our community, our county, our state. I could just keep going on and on and on. Our country and our world. Why? Because we don't have to limit him. Take the limits off. Take the limits off of what you think God can and cannot do through your life. I'm taking the limits off. I notice myself and I think, you know, I want to be able to give this much money. I want to be able to give this. I want to be able to do that. And then I start thinking, yeah, but how is that possible? No, take the limits off. Let God do through you what you thought was impossible because he is the one. He is the one. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working in us. That is the God that we serve. I'm excited about this. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm too excited for you, but I'm here to tell you this morning, it, it should make you excited. There should be something in you that's a living water. There's a well that the Holy Ghost inside of you is stirring right now, and you're just saying, God, what is it that you've got in my heart to do? Because guess what? No one person can do it all, but we can all do our part. Amen, we can all do what God is asking us to do. He's never asked us to do anything beyond what we were able to do in his strength. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. There's so many times we get caught up in this where we're just so overburdened with the weights of the world and stress of family and jobs and anxieties and friends. And there's so many different things. When we just come to Jesus, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. He refreshes your soul. He refreshes your spirit. He prepares you for another day to fight the good fight. We're a family and an army. I remember I heard a preacher a long time ago that he said, he said he was training his church. I believe it was Robert Slayer. He said, I'm training my church to be a family and an army. That's difficult. It's a challenge. Because we have to have the commander and we have pastor who's telling us we got to fight the good fight of faith. But also we got to do things through love and we got to do things. So it's like, yeah, we love people enough to fight for them. We love people enough to pray and stand in the gap and to wage warfare in the heavenlies in the mighty name of Jesus. Understanding our position, our power and our purpose and the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. We're not going to back down. That's the army part of us. And we're going to fight the good fight of faith, and then the other part's the family that we take in—the broken, the hurting, the wounded. The people have lost. This time of year for some is, is not a happy time. It's not a merry Christmas. They've lost family members. They've lost. They've lost children. They've lost uh, uh, maybe possessions. Maybe all kinds of different things. And this is a hard time of year. We want to be able to be rejoice with those rejoice, and weep with those who weep. That's the family part, and so. Balancing that out, we want to have the the fight and the vigor and the tenacity to go after the things that God wants us to go after, to take ground, to use the strategies of his word to continue to advance. This is a year of increase. This is a year we're asking God. The prayer of Jabez, he said, God, expand my territories. Enlarge me. That's my prayer for you this morning, that God would enlarge your influence, enlarge your bank account, enlarge your capacity to receive all that he has for each and every one of us can you agree with me this morning amen let's be in agreement because when they were in one mind in one accord in the book of acts the holy ghost filled that place and the power was released in our church the vision is going to be clear this is what we want to do we want to build the new church we want to have uh, we want to have the lord's gym and all these different things it's going to and we're just going to be in agreement and if we start thinking about it by ourselves we're going to be like wow that's just too much that's overwhelming but to him who is able, it's nothing. What's the difference? I had, God, I had God just rebuke me one time and I just said, God, you know, I need, I need this and I know this is asking for a lot. And, and I just felt like the spirit of God just said, what's the difference? What's the difference if you're asking for a thousand dollars or you're asking for a million dollars? Really? Well, it's a lot more. I said, I just, that's what I, felt, I said to the Lord. Well, I mean, it's 999,000 more than a million. You know, a thousand to the million. And uh, but I felt like it was clear. It's no difference to Him. It wasn't going to be used to use upon myself for my own desires. It's for the glory. So now I ask for millions, tens of millions. I, I just want. Why not? Amen. I mean, really. What's in your heart to do for him? Not everybody's gonna have that in their heart. God hasn't placed that in everybody's heart to do them. Maybe what he's placed in your heart, but we don't compare ourselves among ourselves because the Bible says that's not wise. So we have to seek him individually and say, God, what is it that you placed in me to do for you? Bring it to a personal level with your father in heaven and he will put things in your heart. And he says, if we delight ourselves in him, Psalm 37, he'll give us the desires of our heart. Amen. We receive it all. We receive it all by faith. When we're asking how do we receive the gifts of the spirit? How do we receive our pastor? How do we receive how do we receive Jesus? I mean, how do we receive everything? We receive it by faith. Hebrews 11 says that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So we receive it because we read it in his word. We know that he has promised these things to us we're not asking for something that isn't according to his word or his will we're saying God be it unto me according to your word like Mary did be it unto me according to your word be it unto me according to your will and plan and purpose for our life and our family and our church God is God is so uh been impressed upon me that it's just going to be down into the into the mess we're getting into the mess. Get ready to get into the mess of people's lives. When I was in Juvenile Hall, I shared it on one of the Tuesday nights. A young woman came up after, after the church service, told me she, was, she, was, she tried to take her life a month prior. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah. But then she said, but while you were preaching, I was reminded that I have so much to live for. Amen. She had a smile on her face and tears in her eyes. But God wants us to get in their mess. He wants you to get in the mess of other people so that you can show the love of God. All this faith and all the gifts and all the receiving, it all works through love. If you don't get anything else today, write that down on the bottom of your outline. It all works through love. When you read the scriptures, it's by faith, through grace, through the love of God. It all came, that everything is because the love of God has been shed abroad, and he wants to continue to touch and reach people through us by his love. He wants to shed his love out of you. It's just like the light in the darkness. When you turn on the light, the darkness has to dissipate. You can't have the same. They, won't, they can't both be in the same room at the same time. When you walk into a place, understand that you are bringing the light with you wherever you go. When you walk into the darkness, when you walk into these different places, maybe the atmosphere of where you're going is dark. You can sense it. You can feel it. It's not, just, it's not spooky. It's not weird. It's real. The spiritual realm, the spiritual world, even Eli was preaching Tuesday night, talked about how he said, open the eyes of the servant so he can see that those who are with us are more than those against us. Just because we don't see the armies of the Lord, the angels, the host of heaven, the great cloud of witnesses that are watching over each and every one of us. Just because we don't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. He is with you and great, the greater one is in us than he is in the world. We don't have to fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He's given us that spirit to reach people, to touch people, to do the things that he wants to continue to do in the earth. And I'm just thankful that he's called us to do it. There's no greater joy that can come into your life as when you're doing something to be a blessing, when you're giving, when you're giving the word of the Lord, when you're giving an encouraging word to somebody. It doesn't have to be a thus saith the Lord. You know, sometimes when you say that, I'm not saying it's not thus saith the Lord. I'm just saying we can be real. We can be we can be friendly, we can love them and speak to them and God is doing it and they don't realize it and, and they, all of a sudden they'll be like, you know what you said to me the other day? It just touched my life. And then you say, well, it wasn't me, I really, you know. And then you begin to open a door to share the good news with them. But greater are those who are, are with us than those who are against us. Because we can't see all the time, sometimes we feel like, we might lose heart. We don't feel like we've, we, you know, you feel like you're alone. The enemy uses that tactic a lot. Make you feel like you're insignificant. You're alone. How are you going to accomplish this by yourself? Well, I'm not by myself. I got news for you. I'm not by myself. I'm surrounded. I'm filled. He's on me. He's in me. He's through me. I'm not alone. And you're not alone. That's why he says we walk by faith. And not by sight. When you're doing the works of God, when you're getting in the mess, you're not always gonna see the instant results. You're not always gonna hear the feedback of how somebody decided not to commit suicide because something you said to them. There's been years that have went by. And I've probably been going to juvenile hall almost the same amount of time I've been coming to church. One Friday a month for almost 20 years. There's been years that have gone by where I went, 10, 11 months out of that year and didn't hear one thing, one good testimony, didn't hear about one life changed. But I know this, that when we go to sow the seed, when we go, one seeds, one waters, another reaps the harvest, we're just gonna do what God's placed on our heart to do. And we walk by faith and not by sight. Now I love the testimonies. I love hearing about these different things. And we have heard a lot, don't get me wrong. God, God, he, he watches over his word so that he can perform it. If he said he's gonna do something, you can count on it. You don't have to wonder, is this gonna happen? You better believe it, it's gonna happen. He's gonna do what he said he's gonna do. His word is not gonna return void. It accomplishes that what he sent it to do. So this morning, throughout this scripture, we see God's heart to pour out his love, his abundance, and his power to his people. They're all his people. He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's why he gave the greatest gift of all. I'm so thankful that he wasn't afraid to get into my mess, as pastor was talking about this morning. I tried my way. I, it didn't work out very well. I said, okay, God, fine. I, I've done it. this my, my, my way. I don't, like, I don't like the results I'm getting here. Um, this is not part of my plan." So I need a savior. I need somebody who's gonna help me let your word be a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. One of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 119, 105. Memorize it, meditate on it. Meditate on the things of the word. It just gets in you. And when you come up with a situation that looks dark, ask them, illuminate. Illuminate this for me. Help me see. Let your word light this path up so that I'm not kicking rocks and tripping and falling off the trail here. A light, I love it because he it just lightens things up where you can see. Amen. None of you have done that before. Walking around in the dark, looking for the light, smacking your head and bumping your nose, tripping down the hall. Boop, you know, we do all these different things. And then we find the light. Oh, I didn't remember leaving the vacuum in the hallway last night. <laughs> No one else does that but me. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm hopping around, trying not to wake everybody up. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. One thing this morning is the Galatian syndrome. I'm not going to get into this. I'm probably not going to read it but I would like you to read it later and just let it be something that you constantly remind yourself of. I love how Peter says, I do this to bring this to your remembrance. I know I told you before, but I'm gonna tell you again. I love the pastor, he's like, I know you guys have heard this, but I'm gonna tell you again. Why? Because we have to be in remembrance of it or we forget. And if there's one thing that the devil uses as a tool more than anything else is to get us to be religious, yeah. traditional, and forget that it's by the grace of God, not by works, lest man should boast, but by the gift of his son, Jesus, that we stand righteous before him. And so many times we get off. and And that's what Paul was saying. Listen, you foolish Galatians, what are you doing? Who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you into believing that it's not the grace of God, that it's by your works? They started off in grace, they started off in love, and then they got over into works. Whether the works are there, there's no power. Where there's grace, there's power to accomplish his purpose. There's power to accomplish his will. There's power in the grace of God to live godly, to do what he's called you to do. But when we get in works, we get in the flesh, we can't do what he's called us to do. We can't walk in the spirit if we're walking in the flesh. It says the carnal mind is at, at enmity with God. It's, an against, it's against God's thoughts. We say his thoughts are higher. I want my thoughts to be like his thoughts. How, how can I do that? How can I take this and, and apply it to my life on a daily basis by thinking that what this says? Instead of thinking the thoughts my mom was telling me about someone, uh, I think it was a scientific study. They say what you think about the first seven minutes of the morning when you wake up is basically gonna dictate the rest of your day first seven minutes what are what are we thinking about the first seven minutes of the day I'm talking about being able to use this on a daily basis 100 of the time not just in church not just in you know when we think we need it not just when we're in a mess ourselves, but we want to be able to use this like a weapon He said, these weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For us to be able to make an impact in someone else's life, we got to be able to know how to use the weapons that he's given us. we got to be able to know how to to distribute. Everybody say distribute. You have something in you. You're loaded with the gifts and talents and treasures of God, and we have to be able to distribute those out to those in need. They don't just go by themselves. They go because we're going on purpose with a plan and how we're going to accomplish it is by letting him flow out of us. The Lord gave me an illustration one Tuesday night when I was preaching about the Holy Spirit. And just like these lights, every single one of those switches has power to it. But unless you flip the switch on, the lights are not going to come on. The power's there. The wires are there. Everything is hooked up. But until I flip the switch lights aren't going to come on. In our lives, we have to be able to flip the switch. The power's in here. We're loaded with his word. We're loaded with the gifts. We're loaded with everything he has for us. We've got to be able to flip the switch inside and distribute, allow that power to flow out of our lives, just like we allow the electricity to flow to the lights when we flip the switch on the wall. It's that simple. That's the illustration the Lord gave me, and I can understand that. I mean, there's some times where God wants to take you to a deep place and really give you a revelation of something in his word, and it's powerful and it's special. But it's so many times, it's just some, so we make it complex. We make it hard. But it's the simplicity of God's plan and his purpose that the devil likes to distort, make you think you can't do it. You can't, well, you can't do that. I mean, it would be great if you could, but you can't, so don't even waste your time. <laughs> I know you've never had that thought before. We've got to watch over these voices that are trying to enter in and take place instead of the God of peace, the God of purpose, having his place. The Galatian syndrome, thank God we have an antidote, a steadfast remedy. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus Christ and him crucified is what we need to go before him. We, our righteousness is of him. In our own strength and our own righteousness was what is filthy rags. But when we go in him and we realize it's not by our own efforts, that's when the real power of God. Paul said, I come to you, my, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we think we're weak in a certain area, you're strong in him. You're not relying on your own strength. He's co-laborers with us. He's working in us and through us to accomplish his purpose. This morning, I mean, even yesterday, I was talk, when I was talking to pastor about uh, being able to, to preach today, it was just kind of like the Holy Ghost. And I've been meditating on this. I've been working on this message for a couple weeks, but I didn't really even think about when I was going to be preaching it or how or what or when. I just knew it was in my heart. And I felt like, well, I said, well, Lord, if it's you, then it'll be it'll work out just fine. And then I noticed myself thinking, man, I've really got to put all this together. I I'm work, I work till five o'clock. How am I gonna do this? And I thought, well, Lord. You're the one who, this is your idea. You're gonna help me. And as soon as I just said, God, you're with me to do this, it was like, peace of God. But the enemy will always try to get you to work in your own strength. The enemy will try to get you to work in your own efforts. He will try to get you to, to do things without God. And God wants us to remind us that we're doing, we're living in him. We move, we live, and I forget exactly how the scripture goes. We move and we have, we in our, how we have our being. I'll have to look that one up. In him, we live and move and have our being. That's King James, I think, right there. That's why it's a tongue twister. <laughs> In him, we live, we move, and have our being. I love, I love this. Position yourself to receive. Position yourself to receive. Be on the lookout, an observation post. We've been ordering different things online, and I know how many of you probably order things online and UPS comes up or FedEx or whoever. I used to love that joke. What do you get when you combine FedEx and UPS? Fed up, right? Never heard of that, that new company they, they started, the merger? No, I'm just kidding. They didn't. But that's what everybody is, right? Because they say, you know, all of a sudden, Brenna's been so upset because we have a pretty long driveway, and it's not really wide, And so this newest, latest UPS driver, hopefully they get this, they're streaming online, some exec from UPS is watching us right now. He starts dropping these packages off like at the end of the driveway. And it's raining and they're just like, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? So we're on the lookout we're like, Brenda's like, on your way home, check and make sure there's not a package. On your way out, make sure, that, I mean, people are taking stuff this time of year, and stuff's getting wet. and then they put it in this little bag, almost like a newspaper bag, you know, those super, super thin ones, and it's like, we got record rains coming down, and, and I'm like, the guy's leaving, I mean, he doesn't know what's in there, so Brenda's trying to find out, who do I call, how do I get a hold of him, but we're on the lookout. God, God isn't making it hard for us to receive him, but we have to be on the lookout. We have to be positioned. We're expecting a delivery of his power. We're expecting a delivery of the gifts and talents. We're expecting a delivery from the king of kings. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the father. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to be able to pour out. We gotta be in position. We say, God, here I am. That's the most important thing. God, we are in position to receive your word on a daily basis. Be in position. How can we make this work 100% of the time in our life? Be in position. Be asking. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock. Hello. And the doors are gonna be open for your life. We've gotta be aggressive about receiving because if we can get aggressive about receiving, then you can be aggressive about distributing and giving out, we always talk about give and it shall be given unto you, right? But when it comes to God's gifts and what God's given us, until we've received of him, how can we distribute? How can we give of something that we haven't received? We have to receive his love, we gotta receive his goodness, we gotta be willing to forgive ourselves. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You're carrying around guilt and condemnation for whatever. And God is saying, I've already forgiven you, but you still hold this against yourself. That's the enemy, my friend, holding you back, tricking you, deceiving you to not fill in your purpose. And and, and somehow, it's always amazing how when the devil does it, you could almost justify it. It almost sounds religious. Well, you know, God, I mean, yeah, I would, but you know, God, I've got this issue. Well, God's saying, I've already forgiven you for that. Paul said, this one thing I do, I don't look to my past. I press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. He's not looking back. We don't need to look back. Don't look back. Cast that on this year. Let today be the day. You say, I'm not carrying this anymore. I'm not carrying this guilt. I'm not carrying this condemnation. When God convicts you, his word says that he will always leave a way of escape. I have preached it before on Tuesday night." The difference between conviction and condemnation is the condemnation leaves no way out, no way of of advancement, no way of liberty or freedom. We serve the God with the perfect law of liberty. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The law of liberty, the law of conviction, when God has placed something on your heart, he always makes a way to escape that. He always leaves a door for you to walk away from that thing and say, no, I'm gonna go this way. Thank you, Lord. I can't tell you all, all the time, all the time, God is putting something on my heart that I need to make changes, make adjustments. But there's a difference. The condemnation doesn't ever leave. There's no way of escape. It's the door that gets shut in your face and the keys get thrown away. And you just have to live with that thing. That is not God. That is not his word. He say, well, it was really bad. It's not God. It was really hurtful. It was really horrible. It was this or that. It was that. I mean, it caused, it caused a divorce in my family. It caused this, my kids to run away. It caused this, it caused that. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was, it was okay. I'm saying that is not God. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, he has forgiven us. He says, when we confess our sins, First John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can walk forward cleansed, liberated, to fulfill his purpose and plan in our life. Thank God he doesn't consult our past. I think the pastor says it. He doesn't consult your past to determine your future. Thank God he doesn't hold record against us. He says he washes them as far as the east is from the west. There's not gonna be a way. If it's condemnation, you're stuck. That is not God. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on from that. And we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're almost, uh, wow. Wow. Time's flying. We're having fun. Okay. So position yourself to receive. Be on the lookout. Expect the delivery from God, whatever it is that you're coming up uh, against or to. It doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. And then most of the time, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. God will equip you with what, I love I love the statement, it says, God will always make provision for the vision. He's going to equip you and give you what you need to accomplish what he's put in your heart to do. Can you say amen to that? He wants to give you what you need to accomplish what he's put in your heart to do. Whether it's teams, whether it's money, whether it's, whether it's a, a new house or a business, or whatever it is. He's going to make a way, even if there seems to be no way. I love Abraham. He did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he'd promised, he was also going to perform. He was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for what? Righteousness, 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 right standing with God. Our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. He did not consider his own body. Abraham knew he was too old. He did not consider his own body. I'm here to tell you today, do not consider your own mess. Jesus came to the mess. He was born in the mess. He's never, he's, never, he's never been in a place where he's like, you gotta come over here. He's always been the one to come to us and then pull us up, out. When Peter started sinking in the water, Jesus grabbed a hold of him and says, straightway. When you feel like you're sinking, when you feel like you're drowning, when you feel like you can't do what God's placed in your heart to do, remember this. When you start to sink, you call out on Jesus. And what did it say? Straightway, Jesus grabbed a hold of him, picked him right up. He's not going to teach you all these things to let you drown. He didn't bring you up to let you go. He's, he, he is taking you over, not under. He's the author and the finisher. He's the one who begun it. He will complete it. Amen? He didn't consider his own body. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus to all and on all who believe there's no difference for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God being justified freely. Everybody say freely. freely. It's a gift. And this gift is what you're gonna be giving others freely. And the good news That's the good news. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. Uh, one One of the epistles is it's the love of God that brings people to repentance. It's God's goodness. It's his love. It's his power to save, heal, and deliver. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law this is what Paul was talking about when he was going through. He was the he was a Jew of the Jews. He was I mean, he was he was talking about how he'd done all this stuff in his own nation. And then he comes and says, but you know what? That's all nothing. I count that all as a loss. It's not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is in the faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God through faith. Pur- purpose in your heart. That's the last part. So the first one is being in position. The second one is purpose in your heart to act on what you receive. And we're going to wrap up with this. We must be willing to ask and receive from the Lord to reach our full potential in Christ. So many times we're afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. It's fun. It's exciting. Is it challenging? Yes. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right? but it's not, it's not supposed to be easy, but it is fulfilling. It's rewarding. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love it. I'm so excited when I'm preaching the gospel or I'm sharing the good news with somebody or just a divine appointment, all of a sudden you're somewhere and you're in the right place at the right time. My declaration over you today is you're going to be at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. You're accurate. You're going to be on point, on target, on focus of what God has for you, in you, and through you. And you're going to accomplish that what he has for you amen so if we're willing and we must be willing to ask him if we're willing and obedient Isaiah 119 if we're willing and obedient we're gonna eat the good of the land he didn't say if you're the strongest he didn't say if you're the smartest he didn't say if you had the most money he didn't say if you were you were just so special and you look the best he didn't say any of those things he said if you're willing God we're willing today say "I'm I'm willing say I'm willing like you mean it you almost have me convinced. Say, I'm willing. Wow. Amen. Now I feel like you've convinced me. We're willing and obedient. We're gonna eat the good of the land. We're gonna see the Lord working in and through our lives like never before. The way of the righteous. I'm closing with this, if the worship team would come. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever. And whatever he does. Whatever you do is my declaration over you this morning. Whatever it is that God's placed in your heart to do for him, whatever it is that you've been dreaming about, that you've been meditating about, take the limits off. It's time to take that step of faith in your life to do what God's placed in your heart. And some of you already are doing that. But I believe there's more. I believe that we have not attained. We have not fully come. We're not at that place where I fought the good fight. I finished my course. We're not there. Okay. And until he comes back, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to keep pressing towards the mark of the high call. We're going to go for it with God together. Whatever you do will prosper. Bow your heads with me this morning.